Father, we're so thankful today for your mercy and kindness toward us. I'm asking and believing that you're going to multiply grace and truth upon us. Help us, O oh Lord God, to be receptive to your word and help us to be discerning. Help us, O oh God, as we look to look upon ourselves and, and to judge ourselves to be, to receive everything that we can at such an hour as this. In Jesus' name I ask it. And everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I'm going to take teach you a few moments concerning uh, the, the verse that says, now learn the parable of the fig tree. All right? Can you say amen? Got a little technical. So you can bring me some scriptures up here in a little while. But the, the emphasis that I want to bring to you today, that's our scripture reading for today, from memory, is this. Is this first of all, it applies, this admonition comes up three times in the Bible, from Matthew, Mark, and Luke has the parable of the fig tree. And the emphasis is, it tells us to learn it as individuals, not just as a pastor, but to learn it. It is something that was supposed to be, uh, have a meaning to it, had not appeared yet. And so we know this then, that God has supplied all of our, uh, he knows the times and he knows the seasons, and he knows what time is right for, for uh, things to be understood. The Bible says about Daniel, it says, but thou, Daniel, shut up the book, he tells them, and it's, it's seal it to the time of the end. So being at the time of the end, we are understanding many, many things. In fact, in the last, I would have to say in the last three years, I have learned uh, so much more concerning uh, what I have already taught you. In fact, it almost seems like, it almost seems that, that what I taught you before really wasn't applicable, but it has been. It's just so much more to add to it. So truth is always truth, and you always add on top of it. It doesn't, it doesn't get rid of what's, uh, what has been uh, the truth of the past. Can you say amen? amen. So we are blessed to have been, uh, to receive the goodness and the mercies of the Lord concerning uh, his word. And to get to the next page, I do what? Same thing? Okay, thank you. Thank you. So I'll read. I'll stop pretending. I'll get some glasses, all right? Okay, like I can see. Now, in Matthew 24, 32, it says, Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When its branch is yet tender, and putteth forth leaves, know ye that summer is nigh. Mark put it this way. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender, and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. Then Luke says, and he spake to them a parable, Behold the fig tree, and all trees. So the, these, uh, the three times is that he gives it to us puts emphasis. Puts the emphasis on how important this is. Not everything has appears three times. In, all, in other words, not always a repetition. Many of them sync up, many don't. But when it puts it three times, for instance, the the transfiguration on the sixth day, the Lord took them up to a mountain. One says on the eighth day, the Lord took them up to exceed high mountain, and he was transfigured before. It appears three times because that's very important to the last generation. It has to do with the rapture of the church when the Lord was transfigured. So this verse, or these verses here, uh, speak to us concerning the parable of the fig tree. A parable is a, is a spiritual, is a, uh, a parable is a uh, an earthly example of a spiritual truth. So 
this is a fig tree. They see a fig tree, and, and they say, learn it. It puts forth fruits. It only happens in summertime. And then he says, know that, know that, uh, that uh, summer is nigh. And then he tells them to prepare. Now, to read the full one of the book of Matthew, I think would help us the most right now. Matthew says, uh, Matthew, uh, so likewise ye, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. I'm sorry, go back one before, before that. Now learn a parable of a fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put it forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. In other words, when he, when he speaks to us, he says, verily, he says, for a, of a truth, for sure, uh, there's going to be a generation that's only going to be last a certain amount of time. And so he says, learn this. He tells you, you need to learn it, or you need to contemplate. You need to uh, be able to uh, think about it and and number, the Bible says, to learn to number your days, to know how to, how many years you, I don't know how old everyone is, but I'm, I'm pretty much of that generation of the fig tree when it was born in that area. And so it says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Have you read that? For sure, but have you heard it? For sure, everybody say amen. So this is very important. And so... When, we, when you look at this parable, uh, I want all of you to know this, that you should learn this. Uh, you should seek to figure out that, you know, it's not like the Lord can. Once this parable, once this, once this uh, natural phenomenon took place on this earth, uh, and you could apply the story to a certain event, then you better start counting. That's what it means. He said, learn it, learn it. Learn the parable of the fig tree. When its branch is yet tender, and then it says, puts forth its fruit. Now, we that read the Bible know this, that the, pear, that the fig tree is Israel. And Israel is pointed out that it is a, uh, it is a, not a, hasn't been a very good tree. Jesus one time walked across, was headed, had a destination, and he saw a fig tree, and he wanted some figs. So he went up, and he couldn't find no figs on it, so he cursed it. And so they left on their journey, and when they came back, that same tree, within a couple of days, was withered from the root up, so it dried up. And they were astonished that it had no fruit or that it had been withered up. And so what he was telling them is, this is the way my nation Israel is. I've come seeking fruit from them, and, and as a nation, they have not provided anything. So that parable, that's, that event wasn't a parable, it was an event. When he did that and it, and, it, and it withered up, it later tells them that he tell them, you know, I'm going to tell you a story about a fig tree. Remember this. So that means the fig tree was going to be revived. Somewhere in the future, this parable meant, means that Israel, even though that fig tree was withered up, that it will in the future speak to the nation and will speak to the world. But guess who's going to speak to the most? It's going to speak to the church because Israel doesn't understand it. Sinners don't understand it. The only ones that can understand it are the apostolic people and those that are seeking or go through the Bible 
and uh, seek the truth in it. Can you say amen? So we are then, we know, that's another reason we know that this is a fact. We understand it. We've, got, we've gleaned from it uh, many events, and, and as the events of the last, uh, last uh, 60 years have been going by, you and I have seen events that take place that, you know, this fits a pattern in the scriptures. This fits a, a way of, of uh, that cannot be, it cannot be laid to chance. That the Lord back then sought for a people, and he, and he tells us, he tells you, he tells me, learn the parable, understand the parable. It is a, a natural event that happens every year. The fig tree does certain things and brings forth fruit every year. But he says, there's going to be a point in time when the fig tree is going to appear. And so nobody knew basically till Israel appeared in the land in 1948. And people that didn't know anything about Israel, the Bible, they heard of an event. Hey, that there was a nation that had come back from the dead. And it was back in 1948 that it was established once again as a, as a nation. Would you give God glory for that? <clears throat> Let's give God glory for that. Now, this is very important because everybody, all scholars say this, and, and we'll, we'll preach and teach this, that Israel is God's timepiece. It's, it's the clock, okay? It is the, when this thing, when Israel appeared, we knew that we were in the last days because God said that he would regather Israel back into her land. You and I, though, have an inside story. Hey, guess what? There's a fig tree story that sort of matches this. And it says, no, this, the fig tree is Israel, is back. And so then we put it together that Israel would come back into the land. And at the same time, we have a, a parable that fits it. It's a, let's find the spiritual meaning behind this uh, earthly process that a, a fig tree does certain things. When it is yet tender, it says, and then it puts forth its shoots or its fruit, then know, he says, that summer is nigh. Summer is a symbol of hot heat tribulation. That's what summer is. Know that the tribulation is nigh. So we then start to put all these pieces together. Uh, those men of prayer, watchmen of the wall, are, are not acting as prophets, though we preach as prophets when we preach God's word. But we are as watchmen on the wall, bringing forth uh, it's, it's the meat in due season to everyone that is hungry uh, for salvation, that wants to benefit all the, ben all, all the benefits of salvation that the Lord gave us. This is a, a tremendous help. The Lord has sent us all sorts of help in his word. Amen. Can you say amen to that? I tried to cover it up, but you need a decibel reader, huh? Why don't we have one back there? Back. So, if, since this is the case, then you ought not to fall asleep and say, you know, no, it ought to stimulate your thinking. All right, the parable of the fig tree, and then at the end, it tells us a generation, this generation shall not pass. So that gives us another distinct characteristic. So we have, we have uh, uh, when, it, when Israel comes, learn it. First of all, I said, learn it, learn it, learn it. And then it says, when it shows up, it's going to put forth branches. And then it's going to shoot forth out of the branches. And then 
uh, it says, when this happens, know that summer is nigh. And then it tells us that there's a generation that's going to see all this. Well, we're that generation. We're that generation. And then we're going to define real easy, real, through more or less like preaching, teaching right now to try to get you to, to comprehend the nearness of it. Now, as we are seeing things around us happen and the, all the turmoil, I, I want to show this to you because as we've seen all the turmoil around us and all the lawlessness, there's so much lawlessness today and, 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 and the nation has thrown its hands up. I was, for instance, it's, it's, it's affecting us now because I was at, I've been at a couple of times, I've been to the sportsman and I've been to uh, the uh, Bass Pro, all the cards you gave me, you know. And, well, I've been trying to spend. I have so many of them that I've been trying to spend them, and so I've had them. And and uh, so the other day I, I said, I mean, I got six of these from two years ago, maybe three years. They keep popping up everywhere. My cards there, like. And so I, I said, I'm going to go down there. So I went, and lo and behold, when I'm, I'm there, and I'm paying at the end, the store is closing, and there's a there's a. There's a guy that looked like from the old neighborhood I was from, and he's got a really nice bag of, of uh, sports, uh, uh, Bass Pro. And so he's walking out, and they say, hey, beep, 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 beep. You know how you get out the door? Beep, 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 beep. He goes, hey, they, uh, stop right there. <laughs> the guy just keeps trucking. And he just... <laughs> but he was too big for anybody to go after. I'm like, man. And they said, I, they just sort of said, just let it go. So he walks out there. I saw him go down the parking lot. Then he went down the parking lot another way. And then finally I hear a beep, beep, beep. A, a truck honking at them, or a car. Went over there, down the far side, picked him up. <laughs> and they were off, off and running. And it just so happened that I was, when I went out there, I was right behind him at the stoplight. And I noticed this about his plates is that when my, when I, my light shone on the plates, it had something on them where you couldn't read them whatsoever. <laughs> it just, these guys are brilliant. But the thing that I'm trying to tell you is they, didn't chase, they don't chase them anymore. They don't, if it's under $1,000, they just sort of let it go. Brother Jay has a, Brother Jay is telling me that. This is the way it is, man. We just sort of have to let them go. So I'm in his store not long ago. And uh, when I'm on the way out, it says, there's some bins there that say, grab and go. So I'm like, you guys are, you guys are teaching them, man. <laughs> grab and go. I said, even I felt like grabbing them. And uh, man, free, free stuff, everyone. So the next time I was there, I told him about it. Hey, Brother Jay, he said, uh, you know what? You guys, are, you guys are tempting people and this and that. He sort of gets a big kick out of it. So I call him up about a week later. He said, I said, Brother Jay, hey, I'm being detained outside. Would you come out here and put a good word for me? <laughs> he stayed real quiet. He said, I'm just kidding, man. But basically, it's grab and go now, and you can. So this is what's happening. We are living in a lawless society where laws are not being enforced. Of course, it's because we got great teachers from the politicians. They all should be in jail, but none of them go. Yeah. Anybody that protests for good goes to jail now, but, you know, but for crimes committed against everyone, uh, it, nobody goes if you're a politician. So next year, I'm running for... Um, <laughs> For, I'm going to run for mayor. No. <laughs> so all these things are happening. Lawlessness is out of control. 
you know, not only lawlessness, but uh, the nations are, 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 there's so much violence. The cartels in Mexico are, are horrific right now. They're coming into America. Our borders are open. We should not be surprised because we are the last generation. We are, we are, we are pointing to, uh, the, it's all pointing to what the Bible calls the Antichrist, the lawless one, okay? It's just the epitome of everything. Nothing morally, uh, as far as for Christianity, Christian morals, ethics, are going to go out the window. Uh, you know, it's going to, people are going to be, behave like disciples of the beast. It's just the way we're headed. This is why this parable is given to us, that we might understand that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We're getting very close to that point in time where, where the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come and make the difference the apostolic people, for the apostolic people. I, you know, I wish, I, you know what, I, we had, let's thank God for that. And I, one of the saddest things in my life is this, is that there are so many people in, in Christianity that refuse to be baptized, good people. They don't, their eyes are not open to water baptism, to hide their lives in Jesus so that they might be raptured away that it pains me, amen, I, and, but I'm, I'm thanking God that hey, it's his program, and uh, I'm seeing on, on many instances that people are now arguing, they're bringing, hey, do you need to be baptized in Jesus' name? And other people are saying, no baptism is necessary. Well, I'm so thankful now it's coming up. Somehow, individuals are putting it out, hey, listen, you got to be baptized, you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost, and there's a lot of argument against it, but there's people that are going to read it, they're going to wonder, and God's going to reach them. I trust that's going to happen. I believe that. I'm expecting. I'm expecting this to happen. Now, <clears throat> this is interesting, and I'll, <clears throat> I'll touch on this in a moment. It's, uh, 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 do I, do I, oh, let me ask you this. Just be honest. Be very honest. Uh, I'm not like a preacher. No, I'm telling you the truth now. No, I'm always telling you the truth, all right? You're talking to somebody and say, you know, I'm telling you the truth. I'm like, huh. Finally? Okay. Well. <clears throat> Is that I forgot what I said. I'm telling you the truth, I forgot. Oh yeah, be honest about uh, how many of you sort of have an idea of what's happened in the Ukraine? Okay. This is for the rest of you. This is about 12, 15. There's not very many people that know what's happening. What is happening in the Ukraine is the beginning of World War III. That's what's happening. It's the beginning of World War III. Russia has moved, and uh, they attacked the Ukraine. And they're, they're attacking a nation... That was under their control. It would be like it would be like uh, like the America semi disbanding and Texas leaving and not part of and we're not really under they're not under the, or let's say Arizona Arizona say we left and we say you know what our Mexican neighbors down south have treated us better so we're gonna be more like them all right we're gonna be more siestas and we're gonna do things that are you know Mexican food and all this stuff and. So we're going to secede from the Union, and we're going to go over here. <clears throat> well, America, it'd be, like, it'd be like 
Russia saying, you know what, Arizona, we're going to go help you. And then they send tanks to Mexico to help, and, and we have belonged to America, so it would feel like, hey, you guys are trespassing to a place you shouldn't be here, and then there would be, you know, if you come over here, there's going to be a war. Well, the Ukraine was part of the Russia, and they have a terrible, terrible uh, humanitarian problem they always have. They were communistic. They bad, bad, bad government. So they're sort of loose out there. They never have been a democratic place. All they are is, 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 is something that has happened is that, is that they're saying they want the West to help them, NATO to help them. Russia says if you help them, we're going to go to war. Or if you, or if you accept them into, into North Atlantic Treaty, there's going to be a war. They cannot go there because if they were to join, it, it would, if you were to join, then uh, missiles and, and military might is going to be moved into the Ukraine. Like I was telling you earlier, it was like we would say, Russia, come and help us. And they came into Arizona and put, put tanks in here. We'll fight America with you. So it wouldn't go very good. America would take Arizona back, even in spite of us. You know, it'd take, because that's their property. That's their protection. That's their barrier. That's a border. So that's what's happening. So Russia has set, pulled out their uh, nuclear arms, their nuclear weapons, and they have posted them facing that area and all over toward America. N nuclear subs are off our coast on California and off of New York. Somebody's saying, where have I been? Well, I'm trying to wake you up. This is where we're at. We are in a very, very, very dangerous place. So does this surprise you what's happening during a time where, where the Bible says, this is going to be the last generation? Yeah. Isn't that coincidence? It is happening because we are that last generation. And there has to be a war happens at the beginning of the tribulation. This looks like it might be the war that is coming. So, <clears throat> you, it, it's the wisest thing to, uh, to tr start to number your days that you may apply your heart to wisdom. They might say, wow, what, what if there was a war real soon? Have I been praying enough? Have I been doing what? Man, I, I should have learned the parable of the fig tree a long time ago. And I should, I should, I should, I wish I'd have listened more and, and, you know, just, I wish I, I wish I, I wish I could have been more attentive. You know, it's an important thing because it, it's a hard thing. It's, it's a hard thing many times to keep your attention on, because you hear all he's talking about the same thing over and over and over, you know, oh, Jesus coming, ah, we're not going to be saved, whatever. You, you, people get to that point because for for 30 some, 38 years I've been teaching you that the, there's a season the Lord's going to come. Every year it's like, this might be the year that, that the Lord comes. And, and by me saying that, you shouldn't get discouraged because one of these years the Lord will come. We're living in that last generation. It's not, I'm not prophesying that you're going to come that year any more than I'm prophesying that every year I say, you know, this year the Cardinals might be in the Super Bowl. You know, oh, this is our year. We got this. We got this awesome quarterback and blah blah blah. You know, we got these receivers. We got everything. Man, if things just work out for us, this will be our year. And then every year is like, we got four wins again this year. But the next year is a clear slate. We start over again. 
So I'm not a false prophet by saying, hey, you know, Cardinals, man, I believe they're going to win this year. It just didn't happen. I just, it's like a hopeful thing. But it's the same thing. We, now, as a watchman, I'm telling you, this thing concerning the fig tree is something we should have learned. Or maybe we should learn right now because really a lot of this stuff has, has really just begun to shine through and we're understanding really what the parable really, really means. Now, <clears throat> let's give the Lord a clap offering while I think of this. <clears throat> yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. Now, When we talk about the fig tree, then let's talk about the natural occurrence that took place. In 1948, after the concentration camps were, were liberated, they needed a place to go, and so, it, and so Israel was ready, and, and it took that war, it took that evil man Hitler to round up. The Jews didn't want to go to Israel, all right? They didn't want to go. They were happy wherever they were in Europe. They had prospered. So it took Hitler to decide to kill all Jewry so that eliminate them. It was just a devil in him. To eliminate them. They were the source of all evil, he's pronouncing. And uh, they and gypsies and, and uh, uh, individuals that were uh, uh, homosexual, homosexuals and all this uh, stuff. He said, we're going to throw them all and we're going to kill them all. And so this is what they decided to do. We're going to do this. Uh, they threw Christians in there. They were going to eliminate and start a brand, like a brand new race. But what I'm saying is that he took, God used this evil man to gather them and bring them. And he tried to kill them all. But the Lord, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. They were, the reason people say, oh, what kind of a God does that? Well, what happened is that when they crucified Jesus, they said, let his blood be upon us and upon our children. That's what they said. Let it be upon us for killing them. Don't worry about it, everybody. Jesus must die. And so they say, let his blood be upon us. This is why that happened. His, his, the blood on their hands reached that far. But God saved the remnant. Thank God he saved because they had to come. They had to go through this refining fire. And when it says, I will put you through the fire, yes, Many of them went through the ovens, but yet some children, some people survived it. And these are the ones that were wanting to get back to Israel, and they got back. And these are, this, is, uh, this is a generation that came in there looking, and then now their hearts were different. We want our homeland. We, we don't want to live in Poland anymore. We don't want to live in Germany anymore. We don't want to live in Sweden anymore. We want our own homeland. And God heard their cry and opened the land, and he gave them back into the land of Israel. And in 1948, the nations, something that I don't know how it happened, it's just a miracle, they all voted. There was so much feeling for what had happened that they said they need to have their own nation. The United Nations certified it. They approved it. And in 19, May the 14th, 1948, Israel became a nation. And from that day, the fig tree set its roots back in the land after almost 2,000 years, an impossibility. It couldn't happen again. 
It's just something that happened, and no nation has ever come back from the dustbin of history. Nothing. Nobody has. But they came back to a land that was occupied, a land that God has saved for them, and they said, this, is, this belonged to Israel. And from that day, from that day uh, they have been attacked by the Arab nations because they know they want that land. Because Ishmael was, Abraham was also their father, and they want to get back into their father's land. But God didn't give it to Ishmael. He gave it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was their land. And so when he gave them that land, they're back in the land, and the true owners are there. So this is the fig tree that is there. Now, there are four events that took place. <clears throat> and one of them is 19, uh, from 1948 to 1967, they were in the land, but they only had a small piece of land. In 1967, there was what is called a six-day war. Notice it almost has a symbolic, God created the world in six days. Well, they had a six-day war. They had a very small nation. And after the end of six days, they had all sorts of land. They received all their land back in six days. So this is where the Bible says when they put forth their branch, starts going, and the shoots start coming forth. From that, up to that point, they were just a tiny piece of strip of land, and they didn't have no expansion. They didn't have no farmlands. They didn't have all the lands that they needed. And so what happens is they got the land back in six days. God created the world in six days. He recreated the nation in Israel in six days. An amazing fact. So, and it's, notice the world, hey, it's a six-day war. So it, once they came into the land, notice this, that from 1948 to 1967 is 19 years. You know what a generation is? 19 years. What do we mean by that? Well, remember when they went into into when they came out of Egypt and they did not believe the report. They said, we can take the land. No, we can't take the land. Two men said, we can do it. The other, the other ten said, we can't do it. They believed, with unbelief, they believed the ones that we can't do it. And so the Lord says, guess what? Because you did not believe and you did not have faith, therefore everybody that is 20 years and over, everybody that's able to go to war 20 years and over, is not going to make it into the promised land except Moses and, and Joshua. They're going to be the only two that are old residents that are going to go in. And all the 19-year-olds and, un, and under, are going, they're going to be the ones that are going to inhabit the land. Well, that's the exact same thing. There's a marker in 1967 of 19-year-olds. And that is the generation that's going to go through the rest of... Uh, of the, of the 80 years, and they are the ones that it marks that this generation shall not pass. The people born in Israel, the people that are born in Israel from 1948 to 1967. In between those numbers, can you say amen? amen. I, I'm, in the, I'm in 1953, so I'm like five years into the beginning of it. If everybody was born in 48, well, that you are at the very beginning, and you were, you were 19 years old in 1967, 
And so that is that generation that is going to cross into the promised land just the way they went through 40 years under Moses and entered into the promised land. He said, the generation, I said, he said, this generation is going to all pass away. The ones that are over 20 and over, they're going to all pass away. But the ones, this generation shall not pass away. So we know that we are on the right track. We know where the generation is. People want to say, well, how old is the generation? 40 years? All I can tell you is this. Tells us the Lord said it's about 80 years. But there's 20, the 19-year-olds in 1967. That is actually the starting point, it appears, of the countdown into the promised land. Can someone say amen? amen. This is what the Bible says. Learn this. That this is a generation. Everyone born from 48 to 67, there you're in the 19-year period. Pretty much a lot of baby boomers, the baby boomers. And so this is a generation that's, gonna, that's going to see all these things come to pass. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap, Bob. <clears throat> now, another very interesting thing is that in 1973, 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, seven years, they're into the land, and the first seven years is what is called the, the Shemitah, the first countdown of the first seven, where they have their land, and on the, uh, on the, on the year before, 1966, they should have, like, from that day, if they were like old Israel, but they were secular, they should have had what is The next year, we're not working. They should have said, this is a year that, but they have no, it's a fig tree. It's not, a, it's not good where it should be. It's just Israel. It's not converted Israel. It's just Israel. They're all secular, political, but they were Israel, and there's many that came back, and they started coming at that time. So there were seven years. God uses the seven years to give us a point. That's his number. So if you go from, from 67 to 73, it is seven complete years. And so in, 70, in, in 73, uh, in October the 6th of 73, you have what is called a time where you should have what is called a jubilee marker. That's what happened. Boom, right there. On, on that year, on October the 6th, 1973, there was a war on the day of Yom Kippur. They were attacked on Yom Kippur. You know that Yom Kippur is Judgment Day. Yom Kippur is Judgment Day. In the future, all the Jews know that that's our Judgment Day. That's where, they, that's where we're supposed to uh, kill and take a, uh, the blood inside, of the, inside the Holy of Holies. But guess what? They don't have a temple. But God marked a spiritual day there on what is called Yom Kippur, the Judgment Day. And Israel was almost destroyed. Judgment came upon them. They lost one-tenth, which is a symbol of the whole. They lost one-tenth of their soldiers during that war. That means they almost literally all died, except God intervened. And somehow, through you read the miracles of tanks, them seeing Abraham. Some of them, I believe, saw Abraham, Father Abraham, the heir of death, and they said that we saw Father Abraham, and so we retreated. Others say we saw things happen, and we saw soldiers in the heavens crossing, and they said we gave up. We turned around. They couldn't explain why. Eight tanks could hold off 400 tanks. And they said, and they came up over the ridge and there was seven tanks left. And they said, they, the commander said, stop. There's seven up there. There's seven up there. It's a trap. They said, it's a trap. We, can't, we better not go up there. They could have overran, but they didn't. 
Because they heard, a, somehow from that man, they heard a rumor, just like the old days. When Santa Caribe, they heard a rumor, and they turned around and went back home. They stopped, and they gave Israel enough time to regroup, get all their battle tanks ready, and then they were able to counterattack, and the nation was saved. The Russians saw that they were getting beat back, so they sent, they were going to send Russia transports in there to fight, and, and the president called up, if we see, if we see one Russian paratrooper, there's going to be a nuclear war. So everything just sort of stopped. And they let the Jews finish the job, and they became entrenched in Israel, never to be moved out again. Clap your hands to that. <clears throat> so from 1973, I want to show you the little, little stick man chart I made here for you. Give me the next page. From the bottom left corner, it says October 1973, October 6, 1973. And those are periods of seven years. And then you go up to the next level, it's 14 years. You follow that? You add 7, 21, up 28, up 35, up 42. I hope I didn't miscalculate that because my calculation table is something. My multiplication table is sort of foggy in my head. I think that's correct, though. All right, 42. And then the last one on top is the seventh. So there's seven sevens, seven across and seven up. Seven, so seven times seven is on the top, is B49. On the top right-hand corner is what is called the Jubilee, the, the announcement of the Jubilee year on the 49th year. They proclaim it for the next year. So last year, when we had uh, uh, Yom Kippur, it was, we had it on October the 6th, 2022. Notice they're both on October 6th and October 6th. That's hard to do. The dates always change, change, change. Perhaps God is sending us a message that trust that this, is, this is, has something very valuable for you. Learn it. Learn it. Be ready. Be ready because I don't know what's going to happen in the Jubilee year, but I know all sorts of stuff. We're supposed to be set free. I'm talking about the church. The church is supposed to be set free. If it's later, I don't know, but I can tell you that is the premise of it. And so... But to Israel, that's going to start their countdown for the last seven years. And it's going to enter, in, they're going to, should enter into the tribulation. And that should keep them under, that should keep that generation of 19-year-olds up to the point that they can go. This is why it's so exciting. Why is there a nuclear war happening? Why is there shortages everywhere? Why are, why are our liberties uh, disappearing? Why does the government want our guns? Why does, why does, uh, why do, they want, uh, uh, why do they want drag queens teaching our elementary students? Why, why do they want, and nobody can do anything about it because you're going to be called either, uh, you're going to be called uh, uh, many names, starting with racist. And then do with race. It has to do with morality. So, my son said it so well the other day. It's a war against Christianity. It's a war against you. It's a war against me. It's a war against the Bible. It's a war against God is what it is. Why? Because the devil knows he has but a short time. And he's going about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. This is why so many parents are taking their kids out of school and they're taking them to homeschool because they won't tell you what they're teaching them there anymore.
And so this is what it's, this is what it's telling us. We know this, that, that on last year on Yom Kippur, it was, it was on, on, on Yom Kippur, the declaration was in the middle of the year, it was declared that the next year is, should be the Jubilee year. And that Jubilee year begins in March 23rd of this year. So what's exciting about it is, I, I'm telling you what the Jubilee year appears to be because God has put it in his plan. And it's like a... It's like a it's like a Christian jubilee year. Not like the Jewish one, because the Jewish one is going to end at the end of tribulation. Why do we say, well, it's like a Christian one? Well, it's like a, or, or a believing one, because you and I were born uh, in the sense of the sound of the shofar. When we were born, we're Pentecostal. In Pentecost, there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house. It's a reverberation. That word means a reverberation like a trumpet sound. That, that there was a rushing mighty wind, and then the church started at that time. So from that point, it was preaching began. Uh, that, from that point, you hear preachers start preaching in the sense like uh, Peter stood up and preached. Paul began to preach. preach they went off everywhere preaching the word. The Lord hath anointed me, it says, to preach the gospel. The gospel is preached to us. It is a jubilee. Every, every, we've been living 2,000 years of jubilee years to the church because it's a preaching one. It's a spiritual one. It's a spiritual one while the Jews are not having done their business. God has a church preaching and teaching, setting the captives free, having those that are bound loose, uh, having those, amen, that have sat in darkness for a long time have now seen a great light. All these issues, that's jubilee. We're doing everything that the Jubilee says to do. So when the, church, when the church Jubilee ends, when the church Jubilee ends, and it's going to end very soon, it will be with the rapture of the church. Because the spiritual Jubilee is going to be gone, and then they're going to have seven years for the final Jewish Jubilee year to happen. It's exciting. It's exciting. I'm, not, I'm just telling you with the Jubilee years, I really, you need to put the other pieces of the puzzle as to what it could mean for you. But I'm telling you, with, with nuclear war and subs off our coast and somebody sending balloons over America. Okay, let me try this. How many of you have heard about the balloons over America? <laughs> That's quite a few. All right, well. I don't know if you remember this, but three years ago, Dr. Jeffers sent me, sent me a, uh, a vision that he had. He sent me a vision. We should have a few more minutes. I know. We, uh, he, said, he sent a vision, and the vision was this. He says, pretty, I have it here on my phone, but I can't play it for you. But anyway, he basically says, uh, I looked at the other day. When? When was this? Well, it was of April of 20, 2020. And he says, he said, I had this vision, and in this vision, I saw like a white circle, like a white circle appear in the sky. He said, and it was up there in the heavens, and then it was like a beak began to come out of it. It didn't sound like an egg, but he says, like, a, like something began to poke its way out, and he likened it like into a bird poking its way out, like it was being born. And out of it, he said, came a big eagle. And then the big eagle went and put his claws into the center of America, and when his claws went into the center of America, it shook the nation. 
Well, when I heard first heard the balloon and it was going over a missile site through the middle of America, I said, oh, my God. Let me tell you something about Dr. Jeff. He's told me a lot of stuff personally, and it's happened. It's happened. So this, this, this thing that he told me is like, he says, and it shook the nation all the way to the coast. Well, this is what people are talking about. And why haven't they stopped these balloons? They let them go over. It's because our nation sold out. Our government's just letting stuff happen. No borders up there anywhere. That could be one nuclear bomb could knock out everything here. One nuclear bomb and your phones, and your phones will never work again. Somebody's saying, Satan sold Bishop. <laughs> Bishop, no, Satan sold. That I get your attention. This will never work again. <laughs> Some prayer words now. <laughs> Jesus. You know, get that prayer app tomorrow. <laughs> Forget TikTok. Yeah. I don't have time for I, I gotta get ready for the possibilities. Listen, this is gonna be a the end of the age of generation is a one-time generation. Make sure. Make sure you're focused on, on Jesus. Amen. You need to be focused on the Lord. Amen. I don't care what your plans are. I don't care what, how much money you plan to make, who you plan to marry, what, what your plans are. You're going to travel next year. Every, you need to focus on, are you ready to meet the Lord? Are you ready? Stand with me. Are you ready? And there is, there is just so much to speak on concerning these things. But this, remember this. This generation has some very important landmarks. 1967, those 19-year-olds right there, that is the generation. I can promise you that that is that generation that's going to see everything come to pass. Everybody else might be eliminated. Who knows what's going to happen? Just like, just like in, in the days of, uh, of Moses. He said, 40 years, everybody's going to die at the end of the 40 years. The new generation is going to cross over. Well, that generation that saw the fig tree up to 1967, that's the generation that's going to cross. Praise ye the Lord. And I'll just reiterate this. The reason is because 20 years old, they went to war. They, had to, they were eligible. 19-year-olds were, were considered kids. You can't go to war. And so they didn't go to war in the, in the June 1967 war, but seven years later, Yakibor, they went to war. And that generation saw war. That's why we know it is the generation. Just clap our hands to the Lord.